I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for TGIF, December 8th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in less than seven minutes. Congratulations to everyone who has ever passed a driving exam. I'm actually, probably as you're listening to this, driving my sister to her driving exam, oddly enough. Be extra careful if you take your test on the outskirts of town. My sister is doing it in the city, so just on the record. Data from Brampton, Ontario shows that people who take their tests outside the city, a common choice for those looking to avoid getting tripped up by complex streets, had a 22% higher crash rate than those who tested in the city. It's pretty crazy, right? And we can only hope that insurers don't get their hands on that data. And unfortunately, Jay, I'm here to make a confession. I completed my GNO in Sound, Ontario. Was that because you wanted to do it like outside, outside the city? No, you know, look, that was in the back of my mind for sure as I was planning for it. But it was out of convenience because I was up at the cottage anyways, and it's not too far away. I think we actually probably did the podcast that day. I remember talking to you. I remember. But and so it was out of convenience, but I do feel a sense of shame around it. But you know what? Who cares? I'm a, I'm a fully licensed driver, Jay. It doesn't matter. Well, I mean, you're licensed to know and sound, I guess. Well, I would, you know, it's well, we have a one province approach. Sure. I still haven't driven with you, and so take that for what it's worth. But Brett, aside from driving tests, where to take them, and your particular driving test, what do we have for Pete Calls today? Yeah, for our first story, government agencies play I spy. For our second story, international students must beef up their bank accounts. And for our third story, McDonald's gets a makeover. For our first story, not to alarm you, but for some reason, the federal agency managing our seafood has the power to snoop at your phone. Brett, please, please, please elaborate. So the Parliamentary Committee on Access to Information, Privacy, and Ethics is launching an investigation into the government's use of spyware technology that can extract sensitive personal data from smartphones, computers, and tablets. The technologies these agencies use can unlock encrypted, password-protected, and even deleted data, further normalizing powerful surveillance capabilities. The agencies using the tools include expected names like the RCMP and Border Services, but also plenty of unusual ones like the CRTC and Fisheries Canada. Fisheries Canada. Now, to catch you up, the probe was spurred by a Radio Canada report, which found that 13 federal agencies used these tools, none of whom completed a required privacy impact assessment at PIA, meant to ensure that the tools are absolutely necessary for achieving a stated goal. Now, this all matters because despite being federally mandated, there's no binding law forcing agencies to follow the PIA requirement, which begs the question, why haven't it at all? This is just one example of how Canada's privacy laws lack teeth and put citizens' privacy at risk. Now, here's the big picture. Canada's privacy laws have faltered both in the public and private sectors, be it Tim Hortons tracking users and reimbursing them with donuts. I remember that very well. Or Canada Post getting a slap on the wrist for illegally collecting data or plain old-fashioned government overreach. For our second story, the newest admissions requirement for foreign students looking to get into a Canadian university has nothing to do with grades or extracurriculars. So what are schools looking for now, Jay? Well, international students planning to study in Canada next year need to prove that they have at least $20,635 in their bank account, up from the current requirement of $10,000. Now, the requirement has been $10,000 since the early 2010s, despite inflation being a thing. It will now be recalculated yearly tied to national low-income threshold. Now, the big picture is that Immigration Minister Mark Miller also said the government could move to cap student visas if provinces and schools failed to provide housing or housing support for foreign students. Previously, Miller rejected the idea of any sort of student cap. Miller also mentioned that the feds are looking at ways to help students find adequate housing. And it matters because the new requirement will almost certainly cut the number of international students in Canada, which could alleviate some pressures on the rental housing market. Hopefully, though, it also ensures that students have enough dough to survive in our beautiful but increasingly pricey country. 
Yeah, but the Migrant Students Union claims the requirement will crush the dreams of working class students who want to study in Canada. Critics also argue that students are being used as scapegoats and the feds should focus on other aspects that are driving the housing crisis. For our third and final story this week, the world's biggest fast food chain is going big in a quest for cold drink supremacy. This is a very foreign story. This is a classic American Canada story. It's just different down there. Here's what happened. McDonald's is launching a new restaurant called Cause Mix with the mick at the end. Got it, it. Got it. A grab-and-go style spinoff that will directly compete with the cold drink offerings at Starbucks and Dutch Brothers, which is another big chain in the U.S., including menu items like churro frappes, pear slushies, and turmeric spice lattes. <laughs> I, can, I can promise you one thing, Jay. They're That's packed with sugar. They're just yeah. full of sugar. And turmeric, apparently. The chain's first location, just outside of Chicago, will feature four drive through lanes, no dining room, and digital ordering queuing, which allows for more orders per hour, presumably. The idea is to crack into the specialty beverage and broader coffee market where it hasn't been able to compete with Starbucks's cold drink dominance in the U.S. Or Dunkin' Donuts in the Northeast, for that matter. Yeah. And it matters because Cosmix is McDonald's answer to changing consumer preferences around cold drinks, which are beloved, and dining preferences where takeout is king. McDonald's likely won't be the last chain to forego their dining rooms for a fast, digitized takeout format. With only 14% of fast food orders eaten in dining rooms, chains like Taco Bell, Chick-fil-A, and Starbucks are also leaning in to drive throughs and digital-first locations. Now here's what's next. McDonald's plans to open 10 Cosmix in the U.S. by the end of 2024. If they're a hit, we could see them pop up in Canada and around the world as the company aggressively pursues its goal of opening up to 50,000 new stores by 2027. I'm going to call it right now. These will not work in Canada. It's just, it's too cold. You can't have cold beverages in the winter. It makes no sense anyway. There's a great song by a band called Soul Coughing. I like cold beverages. I wish we could play that right now on the pod, but we can't. No, yeah. I hate cold beverages in the winter. Summer? Awesome. Winter? Bad idea. The song and the drink are not for you, Brett. No. Peak Pals, thanks for making... Well, first of all, actually, Jay, happy Hanukkah. Uh, oh, thank and you. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second one, follow this podcast on your app of choice. And for Hanukkah, I would love for you to leave us a review yeah, wherever wow. you get your podcasts. A miracle. A Hanukkah miracle. <laughs> and if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thank you and have a great day, Peak Pals. And remember, a great podcast happened here. <laughs>